This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Okay, back here in studio uh, with Jen Nelson, Rural Affairs Director for GCI and Chair of the Board for the Aleut Corporation. Hello. Happy to be here. Those are two big ones. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be, but... Get a little closer to the mic. No, I've, been to, right. I've been in Juneau since mid-January, and we actually will talk, we'll tell a story about what happened. That was a very crazy story about your jacket. But um, I actually haven't... I'm normally doing podcasts down there, but I've been so busy with everything going on, and I haven't done a podcast in Juneau. I'm going to go back and do some more with legislators, but you're the first podcast I've done since, you know, before I went to Juneau. Oh, well. So no pressure. Yeah, right. <laughs> so before we talk about you and, and your background um, in King Cove and, and, and the Aleutians, uh, we met a few weeks ago in Juneau. You were there with GCI, and Heather Handyside was there, and um, Becky went Pearson, and we were having a drink at the Triangle, and you guys were leaving, and you couldn't find your jacket Right. And we were kind of like looking around the whole place. Like, where's your jacket? And it was, a, and I didn't see it, but you said it was like a nice, you got it in Finland. There was like a fur. Fur rough, long black coat. Um, yeah. Fit me perfectly. Bought it in Finland and somebody stole it. And we, we literally looked all around and there was only like a dozen people. It wasn't like a packed. No. You know, we thought maybe it was an accident and we found another jacket and you know, anyways, we couldn't find it and it was pretty cold. <laughs> it was snowing. <laughs> but 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 you just told me, tell me the craziest. No, tell me the craziest part. You, told, you just told me about, about the because your key for your rental car was in it. Right. And uh, whoever stole the jacket um, took the rental keys back to Avis. So they, they asked for maybe a small fee. They, they asked for like a reward, right? <laughs> yes. So so we, we got to get a picture of this thing. And I'm telling you, Juno's pretty small. and Somebody's, somebody's got to be wearing it. I'm going to find that jacket. All right. I'm going to hold you to it. That's just um, that's just a wild. I can't go back to Helsinki and find another one. And you got and you and you, you were going you were flying back at like an early flight, correct? With, with no with no rental car key. Well, yep, and uh, no jacket. It was cold. So what did you have to go? Did they give you another key, like a spare they did. key? They did. Yeah, the rental car company was great. I'd be I'd be livid. Yeah. And every, and whenever I go there, I'm like I like watch my jacket now. You have to. I mean, there were a lot of jackets, a lot of purses, but I guess they really liked that. For rough on mine. So before we started, um, I, I worked GCI for about a year, a little over a year, because they bought this company, Network Business Systems, I used to work for. And they bought them in August 2015. And, and you started right kind of before that. Yeah, in March of 2015. So we were there. We were like, we didn't work together, but we like kind of overlapped for, for a bit. Yeah, for a little bit. So what do you do? At, you say you're Rural Affairs So Director, director of Rural Affairs. So pretty much um, all things rural um, within the Corporate Communications Department. And you guys, you know, the big, I think some of the folks listening, they have the, the Terra. That's one of GCI's old, you know, projects to kind of bring in the fiber, the internet to rural Alaska. I mean, that's affecting tons of communities all over the state. Yeah, that one was a big project. Um, 84 uh, communities across the state, microwave, fiber, hybrid. But um, we're currently building some really cool, really big fiber projects. Um, just completed one in my home region. 
Now, there's a video that, that Heather sent me about you. And so you're from King Cove. And this fi- so there's a fiber project. I, I think it's from, it's going to Kodiak or up from kind of north, the north. Like, like From Kodiak to Unalaska, along the south side of the Alaska Peninsula. And this will bring fiber to all these communities down there? Correct. Um, Onalaska came online this year. So residents in Onalaska have access to our two gigabit speed urban plans and urban pricing. So they are enjoying it. So in the video I saw you, if I remember, you were you were born in you were born in Anchorage. It's born in Anchorage. Um, family's from King Cove. Uh, of course, there's no medical facilities there to uh, be born there. So here, and at that time, there was just one landline telephone in the community. That was it. For the whole for the whole for place. For the whole place. So they were they were like waiting by the phone to literally waiting by the phone to find find out of my birth, um, which I think it was a day later. Um, but my grandmother made sure to tell that story like every year on my birthday it was kind of like the birthday story or the day of your birth. Um, waiting by the one telephone to hear of my coming into the world. <laughs> it's just crazy how, you know, you th- like that wasn't that I mean, that wasn't that long ago. You know, right. Because I'm not like a hundred. <laughs> yeah. And, and then how far we've come now with, you know, with fiber projects. And then there's this, you know, Starlink. Because I know for other communities where they didn't have internet around Alaska, they'd use this HughesNet or some of these, sat- but very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, prohibitively. Sometimes a business could afford it, you know, for their, but for, for the average person, you know, to be able to have just, we take it for granted here, I think, in, in cities and Anchorage and, you know, all over the lower, you know, where there's just, just you get you know gigabit speed it's kind of there right it's kind of like electricity when you have it you know you just are accustomed to it but it's a big deal when you don't so this this fiber project um how many communities is that gonna benefit or, or bring out bring, bring internet to and in, in the solutions yeah so there are um 12 and so they're on alaska's connected now king cove and sandpoint um construction is starting in about a month um and then we'll bring on um Larson Bay, Chignik Lake, Chignik Lagoon, Port Lyons, Uzinki, Cold Bay, False Pass, and um, yeah, all, all of them along the way. So right now, what are they? Are they doing satellite? Or are they doing com- combination of right um, satellite? Satellite dependent um, until the fiber gets connected through the communities. So once it's connected, they can you know call up and get a you know. Internet connection and yep, and it's it's the same uh, plans, pricing, speed that you and I have here in Anchorage. So exactly the same. Digital divide is eliminated. I, I gotta say, we we got we're very thankful for GCI. They're one of our sponsors here for our studio downstairs, and we have that gigabit uh, speed, and it's so fast. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you know. People in my hometown will soon be able to have access to. So, as um, in this infrastructure bill, they they've talked a lot about the the kind of telecom. Um, fiber, uh, you know, portion and Alaska's, you know, benefiting from that. So how much of that is going to, not just in your region there and the Aleutians, but I mean, all over the state, there's so many, so much talk of these projects. I mean, the governor stood up that broadband task force and there's a lot of talk about, you know, um, internet to rural Alaska. Yeah, no, it's huge. And it's just a huge opportunity um, to be, to get the state connected, connected with reliable, um, terrestrial fiber projects. Um, it's expensive. These communities are small. They're far apart. So um, these dollars are really going to make a huge difference across the state in getting people, you know, eliminating that digital divide, bringing digital equity, um, connecting Alaska like the rest of the world. Yeah, like I said, it's, I think so many, I've been in some of these rural parts and 
you know, it's just take it. We really take we take advantage, or, or we we not take it. We um take for granted, you know, just just how like getting on your computer or watching a video or going on Zoom or things that are just just are normal in some parts of Alaska or the world. It's like you can't, you know, it's very difficult to do those things. Yeah, when I send my kids back home, they no longer have access to TikTok, so they get a little upset about that. That's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they think it is. TikTok but. brain. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you too, so you're from you're from King Cove, which is, there's a big uh, controversy that for a long time there's this road. Yeah, for, for a really, really long time. And this goes back, I don't know how many de- decades, right? This, yeah. For forever, and a lot, a, a majority of the road is constructed. There's eight miles of a single lane gravel road that's yet to complete the, the project. And and there, there's some environmental groups and other folks that are opposing it. But basically, the the crux of it is um, the weather's so so unpredictable that sometimes you can't get out on an airplane, and if someone's sick or needs to go to the hospital, they they basically they're kind of stuck. They're stuck. And pe- people have di- people have died right, right. because yeah. just because they couldn't get to just a hospital. Or the only thing that you know, aircraft that can get in there is a Coast Guard C-130, and that has happened multiple times, too, to try to get people out of there. The wind, the where the airport is located, it's in this valley, and, and the weather is just usually terrible. Very windy. And the place to get is, it's, it's cold, cold, cold Bay, Bay, right? Yeah, and has, like, a huge runway. Uh, one of the largest runways in the state. Um, it was constructed, I think, back in World War II. It was a base, so not mm-hmm. a very big community, but has this... Very large all-weather airport. I think it's uh, ADAC, too, has a really big runway. And, that you know, back in the Cold War times, there was, like, a huge base. And uh, my friend Paxson, and we'll talk about Kale in a second. Kale's made some videos for the alley, really good videos. But they've gone out there and explored. And, um, you know, there used to be, like, a McDonald's there. There was. You can still see the arches. <laughs> so they've gone there, and it's, like, this crazy kind of ghost town. You know, there's these buildings that are, like, abandoned and... You can, people go hunt there. There's like a yeah, there's, deer. Yeah, there's caribou, a caribou herd that was not natural to the island, but the military brought some caribou in, and mm-hmm. and there's real known predators on the island. So there's a pretty big herd now. There's like some um, I forget their names, but there's like a kind of a, a tourism type. You know, people run a, a business where you can go out there, and you know, you can get a place, and you can kind of hike and hunt or whatever, and. I know people that have, sometimes you can get really good deals in Alaska, like 5,000 miles. Yeah, Alaska Airlines flies out there twice a week. <laughs> but that big runway, uh, remember years ago, it was like three or four years ago, some plane had a problem, some, I think Delta, big, big jumbo jet, and they had to, they had an emergency, they, they landed there. Yeah, actually, I think that might have been in Cold Bay, or maybe one in ADAC too, but there's been multiple scenarios like that where it's served as an emergency uh, landing for and this Huge one, I should have looked it up, but it was like an international flight. So there was all these people who like, could, there was no, immig- like there was no customs or immigration in like middle of nowhere. So they were like stuck and they had to like fly, you know, food, like stuff in and like customs. And, but they were like on the ground for, I think it was a while. Like, it was like, it was like, like a, day, a day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to put them up in like the school or something. <laughs> the community yeah. had to pull together what resources they had to take care of all these so people. So you've, you've been to ADAC? I have been to ADAC. I got to go because Paxson, have you seen Paxson? They've done some videos. Kale, they've made some. Really cool videos. This stuff is great. ADAC is a really, it is a really cool place. You'll have to visit. I think at the peak, there was like, I forget how many thousands of people were Over living there. Over five, I think, or maybe even more. It was a, it was a bustling um, Navy base. Yeah, no, it was, it was like right at the edge of the, I mean, 
it's like so close to Russia, you know, it's right there. <laughs> it's out there. Three so, hours. So this, this King Cove road, I mean, I know Lisa Murkowski and Dan, I mean, everybody's been free, you know, they've like, every time something comes up, you hear about that. Is, is it going to happen? I mean, it's, it's, you said it's eight miles, right? It's, it's not that. eight miles, <clears throat> eight miles, single lane, gravel road. Um, Secretary Holland was out recently. It kind of sits, I think, with Department of Interior now and, and her um, still evaluating it. It's, it's, because it goes through a section of the refuge um, is the holdup. That's the Eisen, Eisenbach. Eisenbach, yeah. yeah. And uh, there are other roads in the refuge, but for some reason uh, this has been opposed by environmentalist groups. Uh, there's some uh, say that it'll be used for commercial use, which is untrue. It's, it's purely to get people out if they needed to get out um, for medical reasons. Are the, the communities... Massively supportive, right? The people who live there? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing worse than being there and being ill or having a family member that's ill and they can't get out. Um, you just last week, I have a great uncle. He's in his 80s, broken ribs, you know, needed to get here. And he was there for over a week. What's the population? I know it changes kind of seasonally. but About 900 usually. But then, of course, depending on the fishing seasons, that will spike up and... So you spent, like you grew up your whole childhood there. You're yep, high school, played on the basketball team. The King oh, yeah. T-Jacks are coming to the state tournament. I, too, I, so. I, I heard you were quite the basketball player. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my kids don't believe it, but I was need to find video video evidence to prove I'm to sure them some, that I actually was fast at one point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> sure somebody's got a footage somewhere. So wait, so when did you move from like? Did you go to? Like leave for college or what? I what did. Is- I left for college. Uh, went to Arizona State, so Sun Devil alum, um, and then worked down in the Lower Forty Eight for a little bit, and then found my way back to Alaska. Wait, so you went from King Cove to Arizona to ASU? Like I was like, like the, a snowbird. The, the, the party school. Yeah, I was like a snowbird for that, college. It was great. Was that like a big, like hard transition to go from a really small town to like a huge, like bustling metropolis? I mean, big school, like way different. Yeah, it was. It was quite the adventure. I mean, I literally packed a suitcase and had my address and took a taxi <laughs> to my dorm and uh yeah one oh of my gosh. first classes had like 500 people in it so that's like my whole town did you get the wooey no i don't think i did so when i moved i'm from new mexico originally i moved mm-hmm. here in 04 and they had the western undergraduate right, exchange. so right. I, you get like a break, a break. on tuition like 100 it's like 150 percent of yeah. the state or something paying student loans for years yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I almost got mine paid off because like, you know, they give like, I've, I've talked about this a lot with my friends with kids. I say, do not borrow money if you don't have to. Right. Only borrow money. It's so it's, easy to borrow it though. Because, because they give you the fast for the right. And then they <laughs> yeah. tell you, okay, well, here's how much, you know, we estimate, but here's how much, you, you know, it's estimate whatever, 20,000, here's 30,000. How much do you want? Right. And you're young and you don't understand that, but it, paying it back No. and they just throw money at you. It's very yeah. easy. Very easy to take it. It's it's really a, pr- a problem. I mean, people are, are, you know, shackled with this stuff for decades sometimes. And then the worst part is a lot of the student loan debt that's out there is from people who didn't even graduate. They went like one or two, three years, they stopped, but they that's have tough. 20, 30, 40, whatever, you know, how many thousands of dollars of debt. Right. And then this this whole thing with, you know, I don't, I don't know, I'm kind of mixed on the forgiveness. I don't really... Kind of have, have I can see it both ways, but I do have a little bit left, so I'm kind of like, uh, are they going to do that? <laughs> because like, it. <laughs> it's like I, well, I only have like five, like I have less left than what the forgiveness thing. So you know, now it's in the Supreme Court. Yep. And it's going to be, I think, till maybe summer until they announce it. But I was kind of like, oh great, like <laughs> write that baby off. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I do have mixed feel. I do have mixed feelings because I can see like 
people getting shackled and, and then thrusting money on, on kids. But then I also see the other side where it's like people who didn't do it, why should, you know, why should they have to you know pay for it? But right. I mean, I have friends at, you know, law school, medical school, I mean, hundreds of thousands of, I mean, huge amounts of Yeah, debt. mine's small in comparison to <laughs> what others might have. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, the student loan is, uh, we took a little break there, but the student loan um, situation is, I mean, it's like trillions. I mean, so I think it's over a trillion dollars total. It's so much out there. A lot. But you mentioned before you have some hold hold your daughters. They are the, about to, they're in tenth grade. The, tic, so the TikTokers. The TikTokers, yeah, they're in tenth grade, and so uh, definitely uh, educating them on the the woes of of borrowing money for education. So do they do they go to King Cove a lot or? They do. Um, yeah, I make a point to send them out there. Uh, gosh, since they were babies, they go back at least once a year. They spend the summer out there. Uh, they got to go do some uh, commercial fishing, subsistence, hunting, gathering. So, yeah, really trying to keep them grounded and connected to the community and the culture. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we live here in Anchorage, kind of the melting pot of the state, but really make sure they they know um, and value, you know, where, where I grew up or where I'm from. And uh, That's so great. You know, a lot of, for you, you're, you're here now in Anchorage, but if they can go back there and experience that for the summer where... If they didn't do that, they might not really have the you know the connection to it. If they go for a week or something once in a, once in a while, if right? They spend the whole summer, right? Yeah, and then this past summer, um, was well, you have they're twins, twins, twin girls. Gosh, yes, identical or for, identical. So they look. They can you tell them? I mean, did you have a problem when they were younger? Like who's who or not? Not usually. I've heard. Um, I've grown up and I had some friends that were twins, <laughs> and their parents would say, you know, they took them like they had to like. Mark, Mark them, one of them, you know, because they were when they were babies, they were like, "Who's we don't know." Yeah, my grandma wouldn't take off their uh, little bracelets for a while because it had they were labeled who was who. <laughs> so when you found out, like, did you at some point they were like, "Hey, you're having twins?" Yeah, it was like, uh, "Yeah, are you kidding me? Like, what? <laughs> are you sure?" <laughs> it's quite a surprise. So when they go back, do you go too a little bit? Or I know you have to work uh, a but... little bit. Uh, you know, I think once uh, once we can get decent internet, I'll be able to spend a lot more time there because then I can work um, from oh, home. Remote working, work remote. Yeah, but like otherwise that. they they go and hang out with my family for the most part. So growing up in King King, King Cove, I mean, what did you what did you do? <laughs> like, what do kids do? Right, um, a lot of uh, a lot of basketball, a lot of indoors things. Um, it's usually really windy. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was great. It was, it was fun. Um, we had one of the largest graduating classes of 18 people. So Ooh. real big. Yeah. Mine, mine was like 600. <laughs> Went to a big school, a big high school in New Mexico. Yeah. But everybody, you know, met for open gym and, or, you know, did a lot of ATV rides, being outdoors. Um, so when you were doing basketball, you had to fly to different, to all over, was it Aleutians or was it all over Alaska? Uh, usually just the Aleutians um, and then up into the Bristol Bay region. So when you, t- when you were like in college, when you were talking like People basketball, were they in. like you had to get on an airplane to go to a, <laughs> yeah. ba- like, that's like such a foreign like concept for. Right. And probably even for kids here in Anchorage, um, you know, they take buses or <laughs> you're on the road system for the most part. I know friends, you know, growing up in other parts of rural Alaska and, you know, it's like, like Barrow or, you know, Nome or Kotzebue, it's like, yeah, go to somewhere. It's you know, like a two or three hour plane ride. Right, right. <clears throat> but everybody, uh, the state basketball tournament is coming up. It's it's almost like a mini AFN. Everybody gathers and supports their home teams. And it's just a great opportunity to see everybody from rural Alaska. 
So you're also the chair of the board of the Alley Corporation. So there's 12, you know, regional corporations. That's a kind of a big, big one. How'd you, did you get on the board initially? And then like, how, how'd you get on the board or why'd you get on the, why'd you go for the board? And then how'd you become chair? Yeah. Well, uh, coincidentally, my mom was a board member when I was young. Um, so she served. Um, and then when she passed, I inherited her shares, um, did some work for the Alley Foundation at the time and was like, well, you know, I think it's time to, uh, to get involved and give back and, and make a difference. So we have an open proxy, ran for election and was successful and uh, st- still there about uh, 10 years later. Oh, so you've been on the board for a while. Yeah, just chair most recently, but have been serving on the board for a while. How many are on the board? Is it Nine. Wow, chair of the board, huh? Look at you. <laughs> and then last thing, I, last thing I want to talk about is um, my friend Cale Green. He did some work. Maybe he's still doing some work for the Alley Corp, but he made some some really great, I mean, he went out there and there was the one on the road he, he did. And then there was some other stuff um, yeah, in the region. Great footage. So that was kind of just a, like a LU project for showing the community, showing the people. And, and to celebrate our 50 years as a, as a corporation. So that's really what kicked it off was to get out there, capture stories from elders, capture stories from the communities, but in celebration of uh, hitting the 50 year mark as an Anxo corporation. Yeah, some of those videos, I mean, the footage of the drone and just some of the, the mountains and just that whole, and some of the people he talked to, you know, some of the interviews, some of these elders, and the great stories, and it was just a really, um, I'm glad he got that, that, yeah, that job because he was able to show some really great stuff. I think they're up on the Elliot Corporation's website, too, so. Yeah, I was going to, because the, the one he showed me a while back was the uh, the road one, and there was that, I forget her name, but he interviewed kind of a woman. I think it was Etta, she was the, the tribal president right yeah and then they just talked about all these different we talked about a little bit with she the was road. one of the 18 so she was a classmate oh really <laughs> yeah. well it's small you probably know everybody small town so go, going back last thing is this project when's this fiber supposed to kind of complete this for the, for the well your, the the mainline um subsea cable is is complete it's done on alaska's lit up um king cove and sandpoint will come online um at the end of this year as construction starts um in a month People are probably like very excited. Super excited. Super excited. I'm super excited. It's it's great. It's like we talked about earlier, you know, only having one phone in the community when I was born mm-hmm. and now to be connected uh, with fiber and having the same level of service there as we do here in Anchorage is going to be phenomenal. You have to manage the expectations, make sure it's like you always tell them like, you know, what, what is it? Um, oh, what's, what's that saying go? You want to... Uh, under under uh, promise over deliver. <laughs> well, with fiber, it's 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 no. As far as the time frame, oh, goes, the time you know, frame, yeah. No, I'm sure they're yeah. like oh, wait, waiting. You know, <laughs> my gosh. But really, it it uh, you know it's it came along pretty quickly. I've been at GCI for eight years. We've been talking about it for six, but they we got a grant project, and in two years they had the subsea fiber. And so I remember when I was there, we'd we'd have um, I was you know I did like commercial sales, so. Sometimes there'd be a fiber line somewhere and then there'd be a place like maybe a half a mile away and they really wanted fiber, but it was just like one business. So the cost of it was like, so, you know, and the, the you know, they tell them, well, you got to pay this much and but it's like so close, but just to build it out sometimes it's like, you know, the cost of it is, <clears throat> so it's really good that they're able to, you know, do this because the co- these costs aren't, you know, it's not, it's not cheap. No. And they'll be, you know, connecting fiber to, to all the homes in these communities. So pretty, pretty phenomenal. That's great, Jen. It was great talking to you. Thanks for coming on and uh, keep us updated on the the fiber project and um, 
Best of luck on the alley board, too. Chair of the board. Well, That's thanks. Great. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. And uh, hopefully next time I'm in Juneau, when I'm back in Juneau, I'm going I'm to look for your coat. Better look for my jacket. We're, we're going yep. we're we're to find that somewhere. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Jen Nelson from uh, GCI Rural Affairs Director and Chair of the Board of the Alley Corporation. Thanks a lot, Jen. Thanks. Folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline Radio.